Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. Flex, you want to remind everyone who you are today? (laughs) um who can i be today i want to be i love that energy voice (laughs) i want to maybe i'll be the voice of reason today maybe i'll be so grounded in reality that um i'll have no room to think at high level thoughts um i'm also going to identify as a descendant of an alien today Ooh, Um, we love it yeah, I'm feeling extraterrestrial these days. Oh my goodness, did you hear about um, Spiritual TikTok was talking about how there was going to be an awakening on August the 27th? Did you hear about that? No, wait, TikTok said there's going to be what on August 27th? A spiritual awakening. Like we're all going to, those who are spiritually inclined are going really? to elevate to the next dimension. I don't know, I'll Google it and then I will talk about it in an upcoming episode when I actually know what's happened. Wait, tell me more. What is this awakening? I I honestly, I honestly have no idea, but it was just like everyone was saying how like the 27th was going to be a big month. Some were speculating that Donald Trump was going to die because he had Corona and was lying about it. (laughs) Others are saying like, it's, it's the last time in the next 20,000 years that we're going to be able to to feel or to connect in a way that the, that is this spiritually powerful. Look, these are all speculations. Interesting. I don't know if it's similar to the, the witches hex the moon energy, but I'm going to Google yeah. it and come back to us later. Honestly, I don't think Donald Trump is ever going to die. Like, have you noticed that like <laughs> the worst people are like roaches? Like you could step on them 50,000 <laughs> times. <laughs> They just don't go like they truly I truly believe he's like he's not even a lizard like he's beyond a lizard like he's just like a first dimensional like (laughs) like just a first dimensional roach who just is immortal like he's just here to fuck with everyone powerful so that those are my (laughs) speculations. I also think we're on the verge of a civil war in the US. Um, I truly feel like I really should leave the country in November. I think, you know, there's still protests happening. Like I was walking to the grocery store today and there's this huge like defund the police protest happening, Um, Mm. which is interesting. It was also like there were just a million cops. I think liberals are a bit too peaceful to win this war. Whether or not Trump wins, there's just gonna like the US is just gonna break out into a war and then the rest of the world will follow because that's what always happens. And then we'll just turn into feudalism and then it'll just be this whole like I just think this is the beginning of the fall of the Roman Empire. But Trump is just not gonna die. Like he's just gonna keep at it 
And um, well, that's if you where can we're at. to leave, you should. That's hectic. I know. I just, there's no flights going out. So I'm like, now here I am. Like, you literally mm. can't fly internationally unless you have a private jet. It's madness. <laughs> but yeah, how is, how is Australia politically doing? Like, how? Because I feel like you guys have a fascist leader too. How close do you think you are to people being fed up? We don't have like a mm. president of Australia. So each state has their own prime minister and we're living very different existences. I mean, if you look, oh, if you were I to compare that. Yeah. So if you were to compare, you know, what Melbourne is going through at the moment with their very stringent lockdown, they're only allowed to leave their house for one hour a day for exercise. They can't travel more than a five kilometer radius of their home. I'm pretty sure there are some exceptions for work um, or essential work, not just any work, sorry. Uh, Whereas in Sydney, we have been quote unquote, or New South Wales, let me say, quote unquote, back to normal for more, for longer than not. I mean, even when we were in a similar, I can't even call it similar, even when we were in lockdown, we could still go out and do things. Yes, bars and restaurants were closed, but there were still chances to go to your shopping center to go to a retail store and granted a lot of people didn't a lot of people did i see so it so now fast forward a couple more months and those restrictions have lifted off even more the kind of lifestyle we're living now is very reminiscent reminiscent it's it's very similar to what it was like pre-corona which is very very odd yeah Um, interesting it's, it's it's really bizarre it's pretty sad because I feel like there's a lot of people who don't have much empathy or sympathy for people in Melbourne who would like to believe that they're not going to ever be in a position to mimic Melbourne or that they did something that Melbourne didn't do personally. Mm, it's like, yeah. nah, babes, this was just, it had to be chance. It could have been any one of us. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was Melbourne. That is wild. That is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's so interesting. I feel like New York just doesn't even feel like it's in a pandemic anymore. Like everything is open, but I guess the numbers have gone down a lot. So it makes sense. But yeah, it's just, what an interesting year this has been. Could not have predicted it. Um, and it's, I find it pretty naive to think that we'll ever go back to anything that feels completely normal. Yeah, no. I mean, anyway. Speaking of, let's talk about some filters. (laughs) I know. Speaking of craziness, let's discuss this new law that the UK is doing. Uh, Let me pull up this article. So this is wild. Oh, yes. It's proposing Mm -hmm. this law. So it's not enacted yet. Um, But basically, there's a proposed law in the UK that would make celebrities label their edited photos that they post to Instagram that are photoshopped or facetuned. A member of parliament said, quote unquote, edited photos on Instagram are fueling a mental health crisis because they're creating a warped sense of beauty. (laughs) It's funny in this, um, because this was, I'm reading an article that was tweeted. In this tweet, and in this article is a picture of Khloe Kardashian, who, in my personal opinion, is the poster child of insecurity, Photoshop, and Facetune. Like, this bitch literally bought an entire new skin suit. And, wow, yeah, what do you think of this? What are your thoughts on, like, who should be responsible for people's insecurities? Like, is it... 
<laughs> is it any of our business whether celebrities photoshopping their face, photoshopping their Instagram pictures, face tuning, doing all that good stuff? And also, if you're going to enact this law, like where does it stop? So if celebrities must now say that they photoshop their pictures, do celebrities also now have to say that they bought a new set of ass cheeks from Dr. Miami? Like where do we where do we stop like <laughs> Does someone have to say, does Azila Banks have to come on Instagram and be like, I bleached my skin, I'm not this light skin. Like, where does it end and where does it begin? And is it any of our business? And whose responsibility is it to ensure that people's mental health isn't dwindling, despite the fact that everyone's mental health is suffering because of capitalism, but why is the onus now on celebrities? Yeah, there's a lot of questions. What are your thoughts? Every time I see a post like this, it makes me feel as though we're focusing on the wrong things. Mm. We all know that social media and uh, the media in general really does create profit off lies. Yeah, <laughs> especially for women. Yeah. And all- and especially and all the things that fit underneath this umbrella, I think it's a very noble idea. But in terms of uh, fulfilling, like the the end, in terms of fulfilling the end means, is this really going to help? Are people with mental health issues or body issues going to feel better when they look at a whole feed of people who have gone out of their way to edit their bodies, thus perpetuating right. that bodies in itself are <laughs> shameful? I don't yeah. really feel as though. I'm going to now look at my feed and be like, fuck, everybody's editing. Now I'm going to find what they're editing. Now I'm going to feel insecure that why am I, why aren't I editing? Is it something I should be mm. doing? It, I feel like people are going to fixate in the worst way. I also feel as though if you were really, really, really worried about how people felt about their bodies, <laughs> we would start looking at systems, not individuals. I mean, Facts. asking Facts. individuals to ha- to hold responsibility over disclaimers of how their content might be perceived. Are we now going to say, actually, this was a gloomy day, but I've upped the contrast and the saturation a little bit, so now it looks sunny. These yeah. things aren't really relevant in the bigger picture. In a global pandemic at the moment, the world is crumbling. And now you're ha- here being telling celebrities to add another thing to their book to make you feel slightly better about a system <laughs> literally. that's been failing from the top down. <laughs> literally. It's just another way to make people more accountable for things they can't really fix. I don't really think, I mean, granted, I know there are a lot of, sorry, granted, I know there are a lot of people who are quite naive to the fact that things are photoshopped and edited as they are. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we've seen those face tune tutorials. People are artists. Baby Michelangelo is everywhere. <laughs> Um, so with that being said, I understand that it can be really, really deceptive, but so is everything. Angles Mm. are deceptive. Even the act of posting onto a curated platform, being mindful that certain images are going to garner certain responses is deceptive by nature. We need to burn the whole ship down and not start putting band-aids on different parts of it. (laughs) Literally. I also think about how gendered this whole thing is. The people who create and profit off of women's insecurities are old, crusty white men who sit at the top of the capitalist food chain. But the people who are now being punished for being part of that food chain are women. Why is like the responsibility and the onus for change is always on marginalized people? And it's like, why? I think when it comes to this goes beyond editing pictures, but 
I think when it comes to body image, just body distortions as a whole, I think the conversation needs more nuance. I think it's so easy to be like photoshopping yourself and getting plastic surgery is bad for the mental health of women around you without acknowledging the system that creates a society in which women are coerced into photoshopping themselves and getting plastic surgery to begin with. Like, why don't we interrogate the premise, the premise of society, which is that women are never enough. Until we interrogate that premise, I just don't feel like it's any woman's responsibility to do shit. Absolutely. You know, like when we talk, I remember there was a time when Azealia Banks was getting dragged because she bleached her skin. And I just really hate the conversation around colorism and skin bleaching because it doesn't acknowledge that nuance. Like, yes, skin bleaching, you will probably die of cancer. But at the same time, can you blame a a black woman for bleaching her skin like do you know what it's like to be dark-skinned for people to be shaming dark-skinned women for bleaching their skin like no we need to interrogate the premise the premise which is that women are forced into self-hatred just for the profit of men let's interrogate that premise first before we start enacting laws which is also wild because these are laws that are being enacted by men which is, this is again like body policing. Like it's everyday body policing. Everyday men telling women what to do with our bodies instead of for them to shut their mouths and stop profiting off our insecurities. Why is it every day? Also, I feel as though there's this same take going around that mental health is a, a collective responsibility and people with huge platforms should be mindful of how they influence. Ooh, let's I feel as though we this. need to be mindful of the fact that of the things that impact our health, our mental health negatively, there's so much more than just physical beauty. Mm. We're currently living in a system that's set up for us to fail. Like the fact that we now here have, we have to be in offices with no windows and fluorescence trying to make money, but a lot of people are still living below the poverty line who can't afford fresh food, fresh, all this shit, fresh water. Literally. And what you want to tackle today is celebrities making their waists look slightly smaller. On the scale of what's damaging long-term, or even fundamentally actually damaging, I think it might be something <laughs> collectively much larger than this topic of whether or not people should disclose whether or not they've edited. But also, as you mentioned before, where do we draw the line? Because yeah. editing is one piece of the pie, but also it's like, well, the enhancements you made to your body for it to be in a better position to look abnormal. Right. We're talking, you know, 20 inch waist, 40 inch tits, 50 inch butt. Do you now have to disclose that? Should you literally? Have to? I mean, <laughs> and why is it anyone's this is business? Not, these aren't part of the terms and conditions of being on Instagram. Mm, because, yeah, like I yeah. said, we have to stop getting out of the mindset that people with large platforms are the only ones that have to now, you know, um, nip and tuck their behavior right. to suit audiences. Because as soon as it trickles down to the average person, suddenly you're going to be talking about your human rights to do as you want because it's a free world yeah suddenly if we're talking about you know on your 21st birthday when you faced and your hips look smaller edited <laughs> and, and then we're like well but i only have 200 followers this shouldn't be me well who do you influence yeah it all matters yeah. i feel like celebrities are becoming a really 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 obvious scapegoat for greater yeah. issues always <clears throat> 
And it's the same thing over and over again. Celebrities must be better. Celebrities must do this. If we have to imagine, celebrities often don't get to a, pl- a place of esteem from being socially aware, from being the most quote unquote <laughs> academic or intelligent. They get to their place of what they want to be. Let's talk about actors, pretending to be people you're not. That Ding. is all Musicians, that Hollywood is. Pretending to sound the way you don't. Literally. <laughs> Fashion designers using quote unquote abnormally or um, uh, body standards that are hard to attain to sell to people who can never reach that body standard. Ding. Like, let's not start acting like the basis of these systems were built on honesty and truth. Ooh. That's not why you log in. Bruh. And again, we need to take personal accountability of how we curate our feeds. Mm. If you, for one, have a Chloe Kardashian on your feed and now you're talking about how you think she should be responsible for telling you when she's edited, unfollow Chloe Kardashian. Why are you following her? Like, that's what Nobody I is sitting you down and <laughs> gluing your eyes to your screen and be like, hey, follow every IG baddie. Follow every IG baddie. Look at their page. Be insecure. There is a level of accountability. Facts. You now can't remove yourself without accountability because you don't like what you see. Yeah. Remove yourself off the platform <laughs> as well. If it really is a sense of, I need to take care of my mental health, you can't... It, it's, it honestly feels like... What do they say the definition of, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Instagram has been toxic. First, From it was you couldn't take food photographs the way everybody could. You couldn't do flat lays the way everybody could. Now you can't take face tunes and photos the way everyone could. It gets to a point where you start to realize the platform is the issue, not the individuals on it. Oh my... I so get off the platform. Wow. I literally did a whole rant on my Instagram story yesterday about well this was specifically in response to the fact that every so someone will start a podcast they'll create a facebook group for the podcast people will join the facebook group and then three months later they're shook that the the facebook group is trash there's a common pattern here like clearly there's a pattern here the the premise of all of these social media platforms is white supremacy it's patriarchy it's misogyny these Platforms are all run by techno-fascist white supremacists who are all incels. Like, this this is the literal premise on which all of our groups are rooted in. They're all going to go to shit. Like, the problem, uh, the, the problem is always the platform. The, like, it's just there is nothing that any of us can do. Like, you have to learn to exist outside of these algorithms if you want to have any type of, like, sense of self. Because that's all you have. Like, that's really all there is. It just... I look at these things and it feels very, very tied because it's the same rhetoric and... I look at the way individuals who maybe don't have huge platforms remove themselves of the responsibility of Mm. creating systems that are better. Because again, now we're looking to government regulation to change the world. Can you imagine the same government that never cared about you? You you think the government really cares that your mental health is slightly skewed because you saw a skinny waist on Instagram? Be better. Be better. The government (laughs) loves that your mental health is... Then they'll go and tell you... That's it. And they go and tell you that they can't afford to subsidize your therapy, but also stay on Instagram. (laughs) We'll just let you know when things are edited. We won't do anything to fix the system. We won't make mental, like we won't make, sorry, therapy and other mental health um, systems easier to access. Oh no, no, no. We'll just make things that people derive enjoyment from indirectly slightly harder to enjoy. Yo. Whatever. 
I think what I think one of the reasons why people place so much responsibility on celebrities is because of the myth of independence, like the myth of being a girl boss, like the myth of being a self-made woman. I think a lot of people look at celebrities or like people with big platforms generally and think that they're like these independent self-made like girl boss women who are in control of everything that they do when in reality they're just as much of a slave as you are. Your favorite musician is a slave to her record label like everything she does on Instagram has already been predetermined and calculated by her label All of her activism has already been predetermined by her label. Her entire personality is a brand that's been generated and predetermined by her label. Like all the everything that you see on social media is not real. Like social media is not real life. The people you see on there are not real. The lives you see on there are not real. Everything you see is a pixel on a screen. And I feel like we've gotten to this point in society right now where the lines between pixel on a screen versus like real life particles in real life are blurred. The pixels on a screen have taken priority over people's actual real lives, especially now during quarantine. Which means like people live their entire lives online, which is so unhealthy. Like that's like social media is actually just mass suicide. Like we're all slowly etching away from reality and like living our entire lives inside a screen. And for what? Like for what? Who benefits? Like no one even enjoys this shit. And yet here we are all addicted to our own misery. Like what? Why? Like what is the purpose of this? next topic i know (laughs) so there's this really interesting am i the asshole that i need us to discuss it is am i the asshole for asking my husband to turn down his dream job for my career i'm gonna be vague for privacy reasons sorry i 33 female am the breadwinner of our house of our household I have multiple highly specialized degrees for a niche industry. I make 200k plus with potential to get in the 600 slash millions range. My company has not been hit that badly by COVID. So most of us have kept our jobs, but we were held to strict standards. My husband, 36 male, has a broad degree slash work experience. He quit his job right before COVID hit hoping for a better job in the meantime, and I was supportive. He spent a ton of time applying to various jobs and finally landed an interview at Organization X. This is his dream job in almost every imaginable way. I can't be detailed. However, it's paying about 65k a year, which would be fine, except this job directly puts my job stability at risk. My company and this org are adversary are adversarial at best. My field is extremely secretive, wild, and if clients discovered my spouse was working for a competitor, I would be permanently tainted. I wouldn't be able to get a job in the industry forever. I know this sounds like an exaggeration, but I promise you it is absolutely not. It'd be like if I worked in protecting the privacy of celebrities and he worked for TMZ. 
If he tapped my car, got into my work devices, he could use that to advance his career and any trust I have in this field will be gone. Even if I trusted my husband not to do that, my client and company don't. Worse, because my background is so specialized, this is the only field I can work in. I've asked him to drop from consideration for this job since if he got it, we'd lose my income and 65k a year cannot support us in this city. Plus, he does not have to work for this organization. Even if the job market is awful right now, his background gives him access to a wide range of jobs, but I only have this one niche field. He was extremely angry and said I was selfish and only cared about money. I told him that if he wanted to go back to school for an advanced degree or just unemployed for a while, I would support him. But taking this job just is impossible. He continued the process behind my back and got the offer. He wants to accept it because he says his career needs to take priority and that I wasn't being a supportive wife. I feel so betrayed and I've contacted all relevant higher-ups in my company to inform them. I notified them as soon as he got the interview because it's better coming from my email than from a background check. I told him he could decline the offer with me watching him physically decline it or he could accept the offer and move out immediately. I would pay for him to stay two weeks at a hotel and we would begin divorce proceedings. (laughs) My company is willing to take care of all my legal fees. I feel fucking awful. I still love him. I moved decisively because this was the best way to cut my losses, but it still hurts. He called me heartless and cold. It's true that I was prioritizing my career over his, but it felt like the only option at the time. Am I the asshole? How hectic. (sighs) What a hectic dilemma. What are your... I actually don't even really have a stance on this. Mm. The, what are your like I spent a lot of time processing it because when I first read it mm. I mean it's always tricky when these am I the asshole seem really reasonable because you're like what the why like, yeah I know why do you need to come to reddit if you you're able to communicate this in such a reasonable way your partner must be you know super unreasonable but in this instance <clears throat> I think there are a few layers that I struggled to fathom that made I guess, deciding what my stance was extra difficult. For one, I don't know what kind of career you can be in that is so, so, so heavily involved in your personal life. I did end up asking um, my story what career they thought that this woman was in. Um, And they mentioned that she had to be in something like business consulting, tech security, lobbying, law, things like that, that are pretty high level. Some people are saying that she's an arms dealer or a spy, but maybe it's because we've just seen Tenet. (laughs) Um, So it's like, okay, this is it. My thing is, I'm, let's start with saying, I think he's the asshole. And these are my reasons. Number one, let's talk about the job prospects. For her, she works in a highly, highly, highly specialized career. And she said, this is the kind of, kind of the only job that she could do. Whereas he has been a flip floppy career guy. He's been here, there, everywhere. And just so happens to have landed on this dream job. 65K though. I'm not sure what you could be feeding for that heavily, but anyway. Yeah. Um, 
so with there's there's also that in mind the disparity between who is the breadwinner and who kind of runs the household and gives them the financial freedom to live the lifestyle that they want right i think that in this instance she's also uh, she's also provided context for the fact that she will pay for him to live or she will pay for him to go back to school to get a better degree and a different job. So she hasn't left him high and dry. She hasn't said decline the job and fend for yourself. She said, decline the job and let me carry you and let me nurture you. I think in a lot of instances also just historically speaking, it's been expected that women will give up their job prospects in favor for the man. I don't know if this is because Mm. women are not notoriously the breadwinners. And so it's expected that the person who isn't the breadwinner will give up their job. Yeah. But in this instance, I feel as though it's really bizarre that he isn't going to meet her halfway on this. And uh, I I refuse to believe that her husband is, is purely, you know, unreasonable and, and can't budge. But I'm, I'm wondering why, this one job he'd be willing to sacrifice his marriage for. But also I'm I'm wondering the same for her. We have context for why she's willing to sacrifice her marriage. It's her livelihood. Like it's all that she does. It's all that she is by the sounds of it. And he's had the range to be and do multiple things and has only just settled on this one job at a later stage in his life. So perhaps he now feels like I've now found, I've now found what you've had. Let me experience this, but also the consequences of him experiencing this joy and this pleasure are at the exact detriment of her. I do also respect that. She's just said, if he wants to take the job, we can just get divorced because again, (laughs) he has options and she has options. Yeah. And in this instance, rather than, you know, get somebody on side or rather than enthuse that one person has to sacrifice more than the other, they can both lose out period peace. I think she's super fair, which makes me think that she thinks that she's a lawyer of some sort. Yeah, Because yeah. this all seems like really well thought out and really diplomatic. But the tricky thing is romance and relationships aren't diplomatic. Yeah. And they become a, re- a an issue for this reason. Yeah. The whole idea that somebody now has to sacrifice this thing that they want on either side um, and sacrifice something professionally because of personal issues sucks. Like, look at the system that we're in. Yeah. Look at, look at how we live. Like, it's so ghetto. Like, you need to sacrifice your love for a job. And the consequence of not sacrificing the love for the job is, is starvation. Not only the job, but your livelihood. Literally. Like, you'll starve and die. That's something yeah. that I was thinking about is, I feel that the sacrifice she would be making by losing her job is a lot bigger than the sacrifice that that he would be making. Realistically, he has more options than she does. So I actually don't see why he can't just look for another job. Like I, I don't see why it's so deep. Like he's not losing out on anything by rejecting the offer. He could still work. He could still have a dream job just at another company. Like he, his choices or his prospects seem a bit wider than hers. Granted, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, so they're probably a bit limited by that. But I don't get why he's so why he's so adamant on taking this specific job. That's something that I can't seem to wrap my head around. But I also think I mean, I, like I can understand it in a sense though, because yeah. I mean the way the woman 
is explaining his jumping from career to to from career to career sounds like oh he just couldn't figure out what he wanted and so he's just been jumping from career to career can't keep a job but perhaps in his, from his perspective he's been searching for something that's truly aligned and dealing with the remnants of what he can get because he wasn't as qualified or didn't mm. have um, the means to actually get the job that he that he wanted and now he finally has whether that required him to have more career experience, more years in a certain industry, he's now finally reached the pinnacle of uh, of his his career life. Like he's gotten the oh, job that he wants, yeah. And just as though he's gotten it, now his wife's like, "Sorry, you can't have it." And maybe in his head, he's like, "But I, this is all I've been working towards. Like yeah. having enough experience so I can have this job, and now I can't have it. Like what the fuck?" Right. And it's. I mean, it's. All of this stuff is completely irrational because it it's not just jobs aren't just jobs. Jobs are now reflections of, you know, you as a person. Yeah. Your uh your purpose, your mission, all of these things are so heavily intertwined mm. that I'm sure by giving up the job for either party is way more nuanced than just giving up a bit of money each week. Right, right. And I think the consequences will weigh, weigh heavily on both of them. In her for her perspective, she'll literally need to start from scratch because yeah. she needs to work for a new industry. Who knows how long that'll take her. But from his perspective, I'm sure the mental anguish of being so close to something you wanted and having to give it up will be a bit like debilitating yeah. for the time. He'll resent her. Like, yeah, he'll definitely Absolutely. resent her until he finds. But then there's the practical aspect of this, which is that if he takes the job and they decide to stay together, mm. they literally cannot afford to live on his salary. I'm assuming they live in a yeah. city like New York or LA where like rent is pretty high. Cause if she's working in a high powered position like that, I'm assuming she's not in like Ohio or Kentucky. Mm. Like she must be in an expensive city and you actually just can't live on 65K a year for two people at least. So, wow. What would you do in this? If you were the guy, what would you do in this situation? I would be the woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, look, the way I approach most of my, my romantic and like all of my relationships really is I'm just not big on unnecessary sacrifice. And I see mm. the way love has been almost, we've been indoctrinated into the idea of love that it should be inherently sacrificial. People should be yeah. giving up what they want, moving, adjusting, collaborating, compromising. And I do agree that in some areas you should, but I just don't really think that if you're coming together with another party to make a union, that you should be regressing in any way. Oh, it, the union should be the conduit to you elevating. You yeah. should have a better perspective on the world. You should have, your empathy should have grown. Your prospects should have grown because you have the freedom of not, like, do you see what I mean? Like, let's yeah, say when you're single, yeah. right? There are certain things you can't do because maybe you feel like you can't, get married because you don't have a partner you can't have a kid you can't live in the house you want to because rent is too expensive Mm. and suddenly you're in a partnership oh it's suddenly the barriers to entry are split in half now you can travel because you're open-minded about what you want to do with your life because you're not so focused on finding a partner now you can look at you know living in a certain area because the combined income split will allow you to do so why is it now you're in a partnership and now you're you're thinking in scarcity and lack 
I can't do this because oh, of this person interesting. who should be inherently adding value. Yeah, I don't like that shit. Yeah. I feel like sacrifice is often the first point of call because people have internalized sacrifice as almost an and a more intense degree of love. Like Bitch. If I can give up what I want for you, that must mean I love you more. No. That is so... Worry about yourself. This is I so have interesting. I have. You have what you want. We both elevate. Yeah. You know what? Like, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about... I think... Hmm. The weight that we put on sacrifice as an integral component of romantic love is religious. I mm. think a lot of us have internalized... Like ideas about what love is from religion and by religion, actually, let me be specific from Christianity, because I feel like the core tenet of Christianity is this idea that love is inherently sacrificial. Like Jesus died on the cross for you hoes. Like, you know, like all of the ways that love is expressed in religious ways is expressed through the act of sacrifice. Like in order for my love to be valid, my or rather my love can only be validated by how much I'm willing to lose for you and I wonder how much of that we've internalized and projected onto our romantic but also all of our relationships especially this idea of like unconditional love and how that relates or connotes to how much we're willing to put up with especially women because sacrifice is seen as an inherently feminine trait so I also wonder how like all of those little nuances and contexts are playing a role in this little dilemma where, because I think that, I think it is interesting that it's the guy who in this scenario is the one who's not a breadwinner. That's not very common or, or that's not common in mainstream media. It's also not common for men to be expected to sacrifice anything, which is why men are the ones who benefit from relationships particularly marriage while women don't and it's also interesting that men benefit from marriage while women don't and yet it's always women who are yearning for marriage while men don't Mm -hmm. so i think there is this expectation of love for women to be inherently sacrificial and inherently arduous in ways that it just isn't for men i'm only really coming to this realization now so i'm literally just thinking out loud But I think what you're saying has some grounding. Where do you think we draw the line between sacrifice and compromise? Like to what extent should we be compromising versus sacrificing? I mean, compromise on the things that don't matter and and don't sacrifice the things that do. I think on a very small level, there are certain things that people are happy to compromise on. Like Mm. I wanted to live in a house with a garage, you want to live with a house with big windows. We couldn't get a garage. We couldn't get a window. We just got what we could get. Yeah. It's like the compromise happens on both parts. Yeah. I feel as though any fundamental grounding stuff, any stuff that feels as though you're giving up a core uh, factor of what you are, what you want, what you need, it just feels really, really unnecessary because who for? Mm. A common human, (laughs) it doesn't add up. (laughs) If we were to now rank and risk the people, the things that we should be giving up for and which people we should be giving up things for, I feel as though not many people rank that high. And why do we have to? Yeah, yeah. I also think it's an exercise in conflict resolution to be able to get to 
an agreement rather than assume that one person needs to sacrifice or not sacrifice. And that's why I've liked that in this instance, she said that in an ideal world where you have what you want and I have what I want, we're just not together. And maybe that's what needs to happen. Because if you look at their situation, realistically, black and white, and even with the nuance that she's provided, you both can't have what you want in this instance. Yeah. So why must we force either party to suffer? Just don't be together. But but I think that is the sacrifice. I think the sacrifice here is that we're sacrificing love for financial security, which is really dark. Like that premise, that fundamental premise that is capitalism, which is that you do sacrifice your human relationships for survival. Is that not like the sacrifice that they've made right now? I think either way they'd be making a sacrifice. It's about like prioritizing... Yeah what's more important to them. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And I also think they've both made it quite clear on on both of their sides that they are prioritizing their work over their relationship. Mm. And so if, I mean, to sacrifice is to give up something that's valued. And in this instance, you are now valuing the work over the relationship, which yeah. meant that the idea of either party sacrificing the work is an actual sacrifice mm, as opposed yeah. to the relationship, which is rendered less valuable, not invaluable, but just less valuable. Yeah, and I, I do yeah. think value is not a binary scale. Fact. And I don't even think it, it's linear either. I think it moves based on your circumstance, but I, I often, if it's even, how do I explain? If it's even in the realm of possibility for either party to now give up the relationship for the job, then anything but that will be, an issue because Mm. in this instance knowing they've got two distinct options each party and taking one option makes you fully aware of the option you didn't take so take the like keep the relationship one party gives up the job there will always be an underlining or an undercurrent of resentment because you were well aware of what you gave up right it's easy to compromise when you don't know what the alternate reality would have been do you know what I'm saying? Oh, so it's like, I see what maybe you mean. we'll go to, we'll go holiday in Cuba. No, we went to Mauritius and said, we've never been to Cuba, had no idea what it's going to be like. I can live with that. Yeah. Because I was never going yeah. to know. In this instance, I already knew what I was on my way to do get $600,000, get a million dollars. I didn't do that. And now I'm with you living on 65K in New York, in yeah. LA, in Sydney, in Melbourne knowing exactly how I got here and blaming you for it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not worth it. This also goes back to the idea of, I mean, conversations about soulmates and monogamy also feed into this idea because if relationships, long-term romantic relationships were built up as partnerships and not as these stringent, you know, ideas of romance, yeah. then in an alternate reality, they could have just done this. Let let us just break up, continue being friends, have these two things we have. But no, because we are married, we must choose. We must do this the way it's been done. Mm. We must be conventional. 
I feel like if I was in this scenario, I would be like, let's just live in different houses. Like, we don't need to live mm. together. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of the things that get in in the way of, like, healthy relationships are these fake constructs. Like, the idea that because you're married to someone, now you must live in the same house. You must do everything together. But, like, when you really think about it, why? Like, what's that all about? If you guys clearly make two different incomes and your incomes can't support the both of you, then maybe just like live in different houses. You each support, like I support myself, you support you. And mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what it's going to be. You know what I mean? Oh, but uh, but that's then I guess, idea. I guess they're still married but also, like, why do they need to be married just to be in a relationship? Like, why can't they just, That's it. you know, like, there's so many different ways of navigating this scenario that I feel like they didn't consider because they're so attached to these constructs that define what love is. And these constructs were all made up out of thin air. So why be so attached to them? It's so I also believe that if we knew the context for each of their jobs perhaps that would weigh in quite heavily as mm, well. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine a job that would, yeah, I don't know what it would be like to work in, like, lobbying and to feel as though, fuck, this is. And because she also mentioned in the example that she was giving, you know, perhaps it's like if I worked um, as a lawyer for celebrities and he worked for TMZ, he could, you know, potentially, hypothetically use my phone to track people or give up information so there is an underlying element of trust there and in the sense that she has stressed that perhaps she trusts him but her her employers wouldn't trust him again like we're blurring the lines between professional and personal so much that i wonder does she need to bat for him a little bit and be like hey look like yeah this is what we're going to do because I guess, like, from our perspective, they're quite resigned to their situation. We either stay together, one of us loses their job prospects, or we separate. We can both have what we want. Yeah. But is there an element of negotiation that can happen where, you know, she would need to bat for him or she would need to, like you said, make some adjustments to their living arrangements Mm. or whatever they need to do to ensure that they can both maintain the relationship and also maintain each of their jobs? But I mean, you know, like once the seed has been established, we're already watering it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it seems as though she's made up her mind because also she's probably writing from the perspective of, of knowing that the guy has also made up his mind. Right? Because he doesn't want right. to give up this one thing that he wants. And I'm sure that from his current perspective, this is the one thing. Right. I think, hmm, I think this is just a fundamental incompatibility. I can't imagine how this wasn't discussed before they got married. Like how this scenario... Or maybe it was and and the stakes of being in a global pandemic changed what their initial agreement on like careers was. But even so, I imagine like it's for my own self. If I've in the last five years jumped from doing being a full-time dj to being a full-time podcaster then business owning like i flipped between so many different spheres yeah that if now somebody told me that you know podcasting was now infringing on their ability to work i'd be like well fuck this is my job now <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry yeah like, <laughs> I, i'm i know how i got here when you met yeah you might, i might have been a dj but now i do this so i can see how 
you know, having a hypothetical hypothetical conversation about it versus the reality of the situation is far different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't help at all. I don't know. Do you think... I hope they figure it out. Honestly, this is such a complex dilemma. It's so interesting. Do you think, like, long-term marriage is sustainable if we're all so transient? Like, what you're saying... 10 years ago, you were a DJ. Now you're a podcaster, CEO, and, and, and. We all change in so many different ways that is it really sustainable to commit yourself to a lifelong partnership? And like, what does that really entail? Are you being loyal to the human being or are you loyal to the relationship? Because it feels like marriage is not very romantic. Like it feels... Mm. that it actually erodes at the very structure of romance. Because once you start, once you get the government involved into your relationship, like it stops being romantic and it starts being financial and transactional, Mm. which is really something people don't talk about before they get married. I don't know. The whole concept of long-term anything feels really naive and unrealistic only Mm. because for a lot of us what are our long-term relationships like think about for instance I come from a divorced household yeah so what my my parents got divorced when I was three months old that's not a long-term relationship the relationship I have with my family is transient because I can float in and out of the structure it's under the umbrella of having a family but we're not tied to each other conventionally I don't live in their household I'm not bound by certain rules of engagement or operating because that relationship has been allowed to progress in a way that takes into consideration that once we were children then we were adolescents now we're adults now we have our own families shit's different yeah the thing about romantic relationships they fall into this really stagnant uh area because we often use the early stages as comparison for the evolution of the relationship and so if in the early stages you were tied by you know tied at the hip side by side did everything together and now as you begin to settle into that relationship you begin to i guess adopt more of your independence that is seen as a almost um a denouncing of the relationship structure And I feel as though romantic relationships aren't allowed to breathe in the same way that a lot of other relationships can. Friendships can breathe. They can ebb, flow, move in, out. I mean, we all, I know I have those friends I don't speak to for months, but you come back, you're tight. Yeah, yeah. And those friendships aren't deemed as less than because of the lack of proximity you shared between the last couple of weeks or months. They are what they are. Like the the quality of it isn't impacted by uh, anything outside of the reality of the relationship. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes yeah. in romantic relationships, people hold on to like, but we used to go for dates every five days. Oh, every five, like five days a week, sorry. But now we only go on dates one day a week. Therefore, the quality of the relationship is, has changed. It's lessened. You know, but those standards and metrics are arbitrary because yeah. that's not how we would measure anything else. <laughs> or we used to text every day. Now we only text when we need to ask each other things. But that's what you need from the relationship. Yeah. So why can't that just be what <laughs> just it allow. is? <laughs> just allow it. Yeah. Just allow it. You know? <laughs> I think it takes a lot of power to um, to navigate a romantic relationship rationally, but also committing to what you need. Um, because we're all kind of indoctrinated with how relationships should be. And so right. often we find ourselves slipping into how we know they should be. Um, but I just feel as though... I think I agree with you entirely. I think 
I think we're all scammed into the idea of loyalty and loyalty mm-hmm. is inherently so vague but I think what people conceptualize as loyalty is unconditional love like I'm a ride or die I'm so against ride or die like bitch I don't even ride or die for myself like the the idea <laughs> the idea of riding or dying for anything in this transient short short life like no I think, yeah, like the idea of loyalty can be really toxic in that there's an underlying connotation that you, when you're committed to someone, you're committed to them despite whatever happens. And I think instead of committing to people, we should commit to our needs. And that would be Mm -hmm. a lot healthier and more constructive. So instead of saying I'm committing to this human being for the rest of my life we should be like i'm committing to the idea that i'm a transient jellyfish and who i am today is completely different from who i am tomorrow and so are you like i'm a lot more committed to transients than i am to any specific human being because that gives your relationship room to evolve and grow Like, we should be committed to what we need as individuals, i.e. transience, growth, evolution, grace, independence, and, and, and. Instead of being like, I'm committed to you, because even the concept of you is illusory. Who you are right now is not who you are tomorrow. So really, we shouldn't Mm -hmm. be committing to any one person in any one present moment, because that person dies in the next moment and you need to like we need to be committed to the future of who people will be as opposed to who people are in the moment and the future of someone has a lot more to do with constructs and needs and transience as opposed to like these nebulous ideas of romance yeah Commit to yourself. I, I, I just get really frustrated at how radical it is for people to be their own rock. Mm, like this self-reliance yeah. we have. Similarly, so for instance, like when I look at systems and structures, take our Facebook group, for instance, this reliance on somebody else to come in and make an environment that's better for you. Bruh. Or you could self-regulate and create the environment that works for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. or in any, in any decision-making that I do day-to-day, personal, professional, whatever, I'm like, does this suit me? Like, who am I doing this for? Yeah. Because often I'll find myself falling into the trap of doing the right thing based on who's going to receive this information or who's going to be engaging with me. Yeah. But it's like, why don't you just do what's right for you? It's much easier to back. Because there's nothing worse than doing something for somebody else or with somebody else in mind. And it's not to receive the way you've intended. Yeah. You know? You know when somebody gets you a gift? I remember my ex-ex-boyfriend bought me a microwave for Christmas. I was like, who is this for? Why do I want a microwave? I don't even cook. I don't even like eating leftovers. Like, I don't use a microwave. He was like, no, but I was thinking if you get into cooking, then you you know you're wasting your time. Like, you weren't thinking about me. You were thinking about you, which is fine, but don't get it twisted. Like, you you would much rather say, I bought it for me. Well, I bought it for you with the intention that I would benefit from it because I use this microwave and I'm always here. Yeah. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> <laughs> wow, so that's I'm, so real. Either 
to step out of the delusion or step into it. But this in-between of like, I'm doing this for myself. I'm no, it's wrong. Uh, and I think it's, it is radical to, to lead with yourself in mind, but it's also beneficial. You don't want to be that person who's like, I came into this world. I'm going to leave alone. But also you really do have yourself to rely on. And if you start making decisions with other people in mind, and I'm not talking about basic empathy or basic sympathy or awareness of other people's feelings. I'm talking about core needs and wants. And in this instance, it feels as though the job is a core need and want. And so for you to now be the bigger person or the dutiful wife or the dutiful lover and sacrifice this thing that is clearly of higher importance to you in this moment, you're a fool. That really is like fundamentally the clownery that like we fall into in relationships. (laughs) That is like the fundamental clown suit. That's it. Who's going to thank you afterwards for doing this thing that you've now, that you've now enthused that is the right thing to do? Yeah. Or you think your husband's going to keep thanking you? No, he's going to thank you the first time you do it. And then it'll just be this thing that you know. But you can't keep asking for congratulations for six years down the track when you're living on 65K, um, signing up for welfare, talking about, <laughs> but say thank you. I gave up a million dollars for you. Say thank you. No, he's not going to say thank you. Yeah. So if you can live with it, be free. But if you can't, do the right thing for you. Wow. A word. <laughs> I think the conclusion for this dilemma is that they really should have had this conversation. I don't know. They really should have been on the same page about their priorities before they decided to get married. I don't know that two people who prioritize their relationship I mean, two people who prioritize their career over their relationship can maintain a relationship. Like, there has to be some sort of balance. Or else eventually you're going to hit a spot where both of you are prioritizing your career over your relationship. And it just won't But I think for most people, they don't have to make that decision, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because for most people, like, you won't ever... Your professional career is not asking you to break up with your partner. Right. And they'll take care of the legal fees. But in this instance, yeah, like... (laughs) I want to Google and see if there's been any updates for them. I know. Because maybe she's come back to the thread. Okay, wait. The point of the matter is this discussion would not be happening if the gender roles were were, were reversed, sorry. If the genders were reversed, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah, I just think it's just expected of women to, like, make compromises and, like... Mm -hmm. Or not compromises, to make sacrifices. And to always... It's always women who are settling. I feel like in a relationship, there's always one person who's settling and the other person who's reaching. (laughs) And it Mm -hmm. just tends to always be the woman who's settling. It's very rare for a relationship to be just completely balanced. So interesting. Whatever, I stand by her. Yeah, no, I think... I checked the post to see if she had written anything, but there's no updates. Yeah, I think... I think either... If it's really that deep, I'm assuming she's a lawyer. If it's really like... Or she works for the government... If it's really that deep, I think their only option was to break up or they could have just, like, just divorce and, like, date in the shadows. I don't know. Someone asked her why don't they just get a divorce and she said 
she did answer this. Um, okay, let's answer a few frequently asked questions so people don't leave the am I the asshole feeling confused. Yeah. So somebody said, if it's his dream job, um, it. Okay. She says, we didn't anticipate this problem because it was so unlikely for him to enter into this specific organization with such a large variety of jobs he could do with his degree. When I say dream job, it's not like it's always been this specific position at this specific place, but like the way the job is structured, his responsibilities, his coworkers, his benefits. So really the dream job he could have had, like he can have this pretty much anywhere. It's just so happened that it's fallen into place in a really complimentary way. Um, he, she also said, uh, I would, um, okay. Somebody said he knew the reasons why he shouldn't pursue this job yet. He went for it anyway. If that's not selfish, I don't know what is his new career needs to take priority. Why? If it's possible for you two to just separate for a while, maybe that's something you can do before actually filing for divorce or you can file and drag it out until he realizes that he cannot support himself on that income, let alone the both of you since you wouldn't be able to find another job in your field. Either way, if he's refusing to compromise, you two cannot live together anymore. And then she said, I would have preferred separation over divorce, but my company has told me that if I'm legally married to him while he works at that, at that organization, I would not be allowed to interact with any high clearance material, sorry, with any high clearance material, which is my entire job. Your husband did this, not you. He went behind your back and forced this position, even though you explained in detail why it would not work and would torpedo your career. He ha- He's chosen this. He chose a potential job that he hasn't even got or started yet over his marriage. Um, and then someone says, it just sounds really exaggerated. Why is your company willing to pay for your divorce? And then she says, it's against our conflict of interest policy. I've heard of people in our industry being fired over it. And I haven't heard of them in the industry since. I seriously can't emphasize how seriously they take it. They're willing to pay for the divorce lawyers because that's much cheaper than the reputation cost of just one case getting leaked. Okay, with this additional context, I've changed my mind. (laughs) Mm. I think knowing that this, it's his structural dream job, but it's not really like the specific... There's nothing specific about this job that he couldn't get anywhere. So I actually, I Mm -hmm. fail to understand why he can't just apply for another one. I actually don't even see why this is even a fight that's turned into a divorce. And like COVID aside, we understand that COVID is obviously a consideration, but COVID aside, man's is just, he's not... (laughs) Just say you're being selfish and go. Yeah, because like that would be no. much easier. Like <laughs> he's actually no, he's wiling. Like I think this probably also just has a lot to do with his male ego and like fragility, feeling like he has to be dependent on a woman. Like men don't really respect women like that to feel like they can be in de- like dependent on them. Facts. Yeah, no, I think I think he's being unreasonable. Yeah, I've made up my mind. I think he's being unreasonable. <laughs> I think, fam, just decline the offer. Also, the f- you can't support yourself. Like, you can't support yourself. Just accept the help you're given. Apply for another job and you will eventually find your dream job. Like, it's not going to be impossible. Why, why has this been blown up into such a big issue? Yeah, I've decided he's childish. How do you feel? <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean... It, 
it's annoying to gender arguments or yeah it's just annoying to bring up gender because I hate almost positioning women as inferior or under the lens of oppression every time but again in this instance it feels clear as day like keep her job you'll be set you'll be supported up until oh sorry you'll be supported up until you can find a new job or you'll be supported for the entirety of your um new like university career you're good yeah you're kept you're fine it's only your ego that's struggling with the concept but i mean in any other instance are you now going to tell me i mean even what she's offering doesn't work the other way around there's no way he can say don't worry on my 65k i'll literally you You can go back to study it's not happening that way it's really frustrating but also um yeah i've just yet to meet uh, any guy who's not um, like impacted on like a deeper level by being or feeling inferior to women in any way, mm. like in any way. How do you deal with that in your like personal romantic life? Like how has that? I double down. Like, <laughs> or even being with someone with I more just, clout, how has that affected your relationship? I mean, it's, I don't really date into industry so that's always helpful but I feel as though the the influencer media industry is really one that people who don't work in the industry struggle to grapple with like how can you make as much money as you do because measuring my unconventional job to anybody who has a conventional job it feels as though I'm doing less and making more because we you're still in a even if you're in a conventional workforce, you're still dealing with the fact that you only get paid for the hours that you work. Right, right. right. You don't get paid for your cultural capital, your social clout. You don't get paid for your perceived worth. You don't get, you're not able to... Um, there's no negotiation. Uh, there's not much There's no negotiation. Yeah. No, there's not anything. So you, you start to internalize the idea that you are now worth this number because it's the number that's been given to you. Whereas I battle every day with renegotiating what I'm worth based on my circumstance, based on how hard the job might be, how much it requires from me, Mm. how much skill I need to have versus how much skill I need to learn, whether I need to get accredited to do this job. These are all things that I put into consideration when I charge for a role. So suddenly you know, it's really hard to comprehend that like, oh, I work in law and I just get paid 80K, but I'm dealing with companies and their reputations and you work in like creative fields and get paid, you get paid, get paid that for a job in a creative field. And everyone's yeah. like, how? You just make things look pretty. So it's very interesting, but on my 2020 and beyond, I'm like, um, how do I explain it? I'm like fiercely committed to doing right by myself because if I'm good, then I can operate at a higher level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like obligation and sacrifice is not necessary for me unless it's really necessary. Compromise I'm happy to do, but if there are things that I actually care about, I don't see why I should have to comp, why I should have to sacrifice for the benefit purely of somebody else. It doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what I find really hard to really hard to communicate to anyone because people sacrifice so easily. So when they're met by someone like me, who's like, I don't, I shouldn't have to do that. (laughs) Like, why should I have to, for instance, like I was um, applying for this new job, right. And they wanted to do the client that I'm speaking to is overseas. And so they wanted me to work and do like a two hour call and presentation on a weekend 
So it would be on their weekday. And I was like, but why don't I just do it on the Monday? And they were like, yeah, we just want to get it done sooner. I'm like, yeah, but if but no. we do the call on your Friday and my Saturday, you're still going to be work. Like you won't be working on the weekend. So why do I have to work on the weekend? And they were like, yeah, just so it's fresh in our inbox on Monday. I'm like, but no, but fam. Why can't we just do it on Monday? So none of us have to work on the weekend. Right. And we will just make sure it's done and you can draft it on that day. And so they were kind of like, well, it's just easier for us. But it's not easier for me. Right. Because we're talking about ease. Let it be a full circle conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't, do you know what I mean? And Pete, that, that back and forth, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. No, no, no. We'll have you noticed? So it's just instant. <laughs> have you noticed that, like, corporate companies are so taken aback when you set a boundary? Or, like, Mm-hmm. something I've noticed for me is like when someone sends me a contract they're shook that I read it and like have come back with notes yes. to be like no I don't like these ah! things or even when I'm like no actually I don't want that like people are always and I That's wonder it. if it's racial or if it's gendered or if it's both or if whatever it is but I I think companies are so used to working with people who are desperate who will just take mm-hmm. anything, who just won't set their own boundaries, who just... And I used to be the bitch who was desperate. Like, I used to be... Yeah. Yeah, like, I really used to be the bitch who would just take anything that I was given until I just stopped caring about most of this shit. And I'm now realizing how taken aback companies are when you actually, like, value yourself. Like, when, you, when you're when you not desperate, when you have... A hundred percent. Yeah. I always say I'm a terror to work with because like I care about everything and I let nothing go. (laughs) So if the contract is funny, I'm funny on you. If you're dealing with me, like, um, like my needs are are secondary to your needs. I'm not doing it. These are all things that feed into the system. And it's almost as though I have perspective because I've already done, I used to work in an office. I'm well aware of being on the other side where you're just, almost a minion like you just you just do the things you're told to do and you don't realize when you're infringing on other people's personal comfort or rights you just you send you you send the exploitative contract you ask people to exchange work for no money and no no monetary compensation and you do it because it's been what you've been told to do right but now on the other side i'm like the fuck you're trying to tell me that (laughs) you want to like you want to take an idea of me and not pay me for it Can you, or you want the rights to an right. idea. Like, no it's yeah. not happening i'm not doing it um but yeah i think similar to how do i explain it because i often feel as though when i when i tell people that i'm fiercely committed to myself in the sense that like if things aren't if things don't align with me on like an emotional level a physical level a spiritual level a mental level i'm going to negotiate but it's only because it's like, it's like building a skill and building a muscle. I didn't wake up one day and be like, I know how to negotiate. Yeah. I know what my worth is. No, it's But every practice. time I compromise my worth, I compromise my morals, I compromise my ethics, I compromise my values, I compromise my comforts, I compromise my needs, I compromise my wants, it comes back to bite me. Always, without exception. There's not been one time. <laughs> I Wow, I relate so to that in, in my instance, bones. I'm acutely... That's it. I'm acutely aware. I'm like, yes, it might just be something so simple for you. Like, for instance, if I talk about, let's say I'm working with a client who's kind of like, hey, we want you to sign on um, and do a post about our alcohol brand, you know? And I'll say, I don't drink. So 
Like, I don't really think it's appropriate. Yeah, but no, you don't actually have to drink it. You just need to tell your audience that it tastes good. And so some people would be like, okay, that's not really that deceitful. Yeah. You know, like you can just say that you heard it tastes good or whatever. But in my instance, I'm like, who am I, who am I compromising? Yeah. For? Better yet, who am I sacrificing? Because the value of me feeling and being trustworthy does trump the value of the money you're giving me in, in exchange for that. Do you know what I mean? Bruh, but yeah. that conversation of, you would think I was speaking a different language when I'm like, I don't want to do that because I don't want to lie. <laughs> And it's alcohol. And they're so sure. Like it, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything to me. So why yeah. would I go out of my way to be deceitful? For what? Yeah. And it's like everyone's like, but we'll pay you this much. I'm like, babes, I get taxed like forty percent. <laughs> then I gotta put away ten percent away for superannuation, and ten percent away for GST. Then I gotta save and pay my bills. So nothing is worth it no, at the fact. end of the day, <laughs> unless I'm getting especially- paid hundreds of thousands. <laughs> bruh it's especially because you know for me what I've also realized is that like it's just not worth being deceitful online because are you gonna protect me Mm -hmm. when people come and drag me like that's another Mm -hmm. like that's also something I factor into cost like when your company becomes problematic because it will are you going (laughs) and then people come for my throat and now I'm being sent death threats and that are you going to protect me bitch no you're not like and they never do we've seen it time and time again yeah where, um i remember seeing in our group um there was a girl who wrote for a publication like an australian publication and she would come into our group and essentially like use the group information the group posts as content for oh i saw the that publication <laughs> so often that she would like see a cool post and be like this is really interesting and then use that as content and then reference the group. And I don't remember what the post was, but she... Wait, was it the one about the word clownery? Did you see that one? I think so. I don't know. That Maybe? Yeah, so there's this girl who works for... Should I say the name of the publication or will they come for us? Um, Anyway, she's like a journalist. She or they is like a journalist for a publication and she wrote an article called about the word clownery and was like, I first heard this word clownery in the Bobo and Flex podcast, but like, I don't know who the origin is. I mean, she was like, I don't know where the origin is. And then people clowned her for, people clowned her for essentially taking credit for, because she's a white woman, People clowned her for essentially taking credit for a word that was clearly coined by black women and not giving credit where it's due and then profiting off of like that word. And it was this whole big thing. And then people were like, this girl is always in this group getting information and then using black and brown culture to write articles and profit off of them. Like, and people, it was just a whole, it was just a mess. It's just wild. And so I imagine in that instance, like the publication wasn't going to back her and be like, oh, actually, sorry, like, you know, we've approved this or we've encouraged it or whatever. Now she's become, I guess, representation of the publication. And I remember reading um, that people like, you you know, you get paid, you're profiting off us. And she's like, oh, I'm not the company. Like they get paid. I just like, this is, I just get paid a salary or whatever it was. So 
it's almost as though like the implications of being a, a corporation were now her responsibility when yeah. in reality she was just the benefactor of the corporation. But I thought in this instance, like, yeah, how many times have you seen people like just one individual now become the scapegoat for a Literally. corporation? We can't reach the executives. We can't reach so-and-so. This is exactly why yeah. every time a publication hits me up and says, we just want to interview you. Oh. Can you make a statement on, can you teach us about our racial biases? Can you talk about... um you know, someone hit me up and was like, Estee Lord is making skin lightening cream. Can you talk about this and how um, it intersects with Black Lives Matter? Absolutely not. Like, like, <laughs> I will not. No, babe. Because the, the implications of that is now that I'm at the helm of people who don't think it's real or consequently people who want to have back and forth debates about it. Yeah. I don't care enough. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> and I'm not dealing with them. So yeah, it's like, you're right in saying that like when you work for a like when you are in a conventional job, let's say when I was working in PR, any mistake I made, um, or adversely, any good thing I did was on behalf of the company. I was a representative. Yeah. So there yeah. was never Lillian did that campaign really well. It was the company did that campaign really well. The company uh had a really great year with returns. The company did this. Alternatively, right. as a freelancer, even when you're working on behalf of a company, if you did this and it's your fault, the amount of times a day someone will be like, hey, can you tell this company they need to be sustainable? Can you tell this company they need to hire more people? I'm like, baby, I'm so far removed. I was, I'm a contractor hired for one job and then I move on. I don't know who works there. I haven't met the MD. <laughs> I don't even know like, if this is a, a big agency or a small agency. I just do the job and I go. But suddenly, it, to this day, people will still be in my DMs about work I did years ago. Yeah. Talking about, hey, we noticed you work with Insert Brand here. We've noticed they haven't mentioned anything about Black Lives Matter. Can you reach out? Who the fuck to? Who? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, wow. <laughs> I really think that there needs to be more transparency about what being an influencer is. On, on, like, on a commercial level. Like, I think people need a better understanding of what it means to do a a sponsored post on behalf of a brand or what it means to like do that as a job because a it's just not as glamorous as people think it is you are just you know just as much as a customer like as someone who does a sponsored post like you just don't know shit Mm -hmm. about the company (laughs) That you're doing. And you can also ask questions. But again, the people you're dealing with also don't know shit. Literally. you're an agency working for the big business. You're... So they don't know. You don't know. The company doesn't know. Yeah. Like everyone is so far. I, for the most part, I mean, I don't really do sponsored posts much anymore. But when I did, I'd be working with an agency that was working on behalf of that company. Like it was never, mm-hmm. I was rarely ever in contact with a company. Like there's so many layers to this shit. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. But layers aside. Yeah. It's layers aside. It's almost as though the reason why there's so much misunderstanding about the way the industry works is because I think people still recognize everything as face value when I thought Mm. we were past that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Everything that you see is really just the tip of the iceberg. Everything you see. Even when a product, like, let's, example, look at the sheets on your bed. That is the tip of the iceberg. You have no idea what it took for that, your bed sheets to get to you. Right. Similarly, when you get fruit from even a green grocer or the market, that's the tip of the iceberg. You still don't have any idea what it took to get to you. 
a car, a truck, a plane, who farmed it? When was it farmed? How long has it been sitting there? Mm. And so to now think that what you see on a platform or any anything that's inherently curated is now as it seems is naivety. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I think about this in the context of like Jeff Bezos and how he was such a clown for being a public figure and being a billionaire. I feel like there's probably like maybe like five people who have more money than him who we just don't know about because they're just they don't have Instagram like they just don't have they're not public figures and I think about the fact that like Jeff Bezos is also just the face of the dark side of capitalism but he he barely has any control in comparison to like the people who run the world like he too is just a scapegoat and we all roast him and like yes he is extremely unethical but also he was such a clown for making himself a public figure because now here he's just a product of a system but we all associate him with what the system actually is and he again Jeff Bezos is just the tip of the iceberg of the mass genocide that is capitalism. What is beneath is so much darker than what we can actually see with our own two eyes. So important to know. Period. Well, I guess I thought we were going to talk about something else, but we've reached the end of the episode, so we cannot do that. We will save it for next time. What was the other th- Oh, the Bella Thorne thing. Yeah, but we'll talk about it later because we've already been talking for ages. I know it's it's been an hour and a half. Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you in the next episode. Let us know what you think. Oh my god, I forgot to make an announcement. So if you've made it this far, we have an announcement. We are going to start having ads on the podcast. Speaking of capitalism and being an influencer, we're going to start having ads and monetizing the podcast because bitches got to eat, you know? If you don't like ads, you can subscribe to our Patreon and you will get ad-free episodes. In addition to that, a lot of you have complained about the state of the Facebook group, uh, which we've addressed. If you are tired of the Facebook group and would like a community, we also have a Discord on our Patreon. So you can join that. It's currently not active. But if you wanted to be active, it's on you. It's completely up to you. It's an option if you're looking for a space to discuss the episodes um, with a far less likelihood of trolls because there is a paywall. Um, And then I also have a Patreon. It's a lot more philosophical in nature. But if you are also interested in spiraling, Those are your two communities that are devoid of trolls that you can join. So there we have it. Thank you guys for listening, for supporting. The link to our Patreon will be in the description box. It's just patreon.com slash bobo and flex. I will link it down below. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.